Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. Uh, In John chapter 2, that when Jesus did his first miracle, the disciples had followed him. They go into the wedding feast, and the scripture says they uh, looked like they ate. You know, you get a bunch, you get 12, you know, preachers in there. They probably eat and drank everything up that was there, Uh, much less the rest of the families, especially if there had been chicken there that day. That would have happened, you can be sure. Because preachers have been getting even with chickens ever since the rooster crowed and got Peter in trouble, you know. But uh, be that as it may, <clears throat> they ran out. Mary comes to Jesus and says, uh, they've run out of wine. They have no more wine. And a, a wedding feast like that could actually take several days to take place. And so it wasn't just a, an afternoon thing like we do, like the two or three hour reception afterwards. And uh, it doesn't happen that way uh, in the Jewish feast there. Uh, the wedding feast. Well, anyway, they're out of wine and uh, she comes to Jesus and she says, uh, Master, they have no, or Jesus, they have no wine. They don't have anything to drink. They've run out of that. And uh, initially Jesus said, what have I to do with you? He says, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. And I believe there was a huge kingdom dialogue going on between her and him at that particular point. He's 30 years old at that point, and they would have, uh, she would have harbored in her heart uh, all of the things that the angel of the Lord had said. She knew he was immaculately conceived. He's lived a perfect life. I mean, who could have a better son than Jesus? And now uh, she comes to him, and uh, by that time, historians say that Joseph is dead. He's already died at that particular point. So Jesus being her oldest, she has seven other children that are named in the Bible other than Jesus. Uh, And so she has uh, five of them are named, two of them, speaking of uh, the sisters, uh, which is plural. So there was more than one. Let's assume there was two. That would be seven right there. And, And Jesus was the oldest, and he was the only one that was immaculately conceived. He was the son of God. Are y'all doing okay? Does anyone need oxygen? That's in the Bible. I'm assuming you've read that. If not, I'll show it to you. And so, <laughs> look at somebody and say, wake up. He's about to say something. I can tell. <laughs> and so anyway, um, she comes and says that. And Jesus then, uh, he steps into this role and he starts his ministry. And he says to the servants, he said, Take those water pots. There were six water pots after the manner, uh, the Bible says, of the purifying of the Jews. They contained uh, six or seven firkins apiece in them or several firkins apiece. Uh, If you take those water pots, which were ceremonial pots, they were used for ceremonial cleaning and cleansing of probably feet and hands. And and, um, uh, the scripture says that he said, fill them up and go get water and put water in them which would be approximately, in U.S. gallons, approximately 120 U.S. gallons. So there was quite a lot of water that these guys were carrying around. And uh, he said to carry it around. And so they're just carrying it around. And then at the right time, Jesus said, you know, when someone made a demand on Jesus for the first time that we have written, 
that made a demand on him. In, there was a spiritual dialogue going on between Jesus and his mother. Uh, it, it, it was the activator for him to begin his miracle ministry. And Jesus said, okay, draw out now. And the scripture says, when they drew it out, the water had turned into wine. That was his beginning of miracles, the Bible says, in his ministry. And then he just took off with it. That's what, that's what began it right there for the next three and a half years he was in that uh, uh, ministry. Uh, and so look at verse 10. Read verse 10 right there. And Jesus said unto him, uh, the servant said, Every man uh, at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, he didn't say when men are well drunk. He said when men have well drunk. When they've drunk all of that up, uh, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Everybody shout now. And that's what I want to talk about. Read the next verse. Let me, let me just go to the next one. Look at verse 11. And this beginning of miracles, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana. I read that particular passage for many years. I've been able to read since I was at least five years old. And uh, I enjoy reading uh, journalism and English and reading and writing was something I was real strong in. I enjoyed it uh, as a kid growing up. So for 60 years, I have been reading the Bible and reading things in the scriptures. Well, I used to read that because I had heard it preached this way, and I probably preached it myself this way, where it says in verse 10 that thou hast uh, saved the best wine until last. And if you've uh, been in church very much, you probably heard preachers talk about that. God saves the best wine to last. And wine being a type of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Come on, shout amen. amen. And so, uh, but it doesn't say God saves the best until last. It says He saves the best until, now. say it out loud. Now. That's extremely important. And then the miracles began. There's something that happens when you obey God in the now. The, the, the two things probably that... that uh, destroy faith more than anyone, any, anything else besides just not knowing the Word of God it's, is yesterday and someday. Too many people live in yesterday. You hear them talk about yesterday or they talk about someday. But in the Scriptures, when Jesus was there, it was now. It happened right then. And someone responded to Him right then. And that began that miracle ministry. There's power in the now. But we have to be careful that we do not become uh, complacent or almost become addicted to the mindsets, the conversations, the um, almost the, uh, the belief or unbelief of what happened yesterday. Have you ever noticed how your yesterday, the more you think about it, if it was something good, the bigger and the better it gets? It's kind of like catching one of those, you know, one of those fish that was about this long. And so you put him in the refrigerator or in the freezer. And when you put him in the freezer and you go back and uh, you start talking to your friends about him, it's a stunning reality that he starts growing. Have you ever noticed that? Because you caught him yesterday. And it was such a vicious fight, you know, to get him in there. You know, he, he, he almost ate, you know, the back half of the boat by the time you tell the story. And, and yesterday gets real big. Or if it was a bad thing or something that you think was bad, 
it has that same impact in your mind. If you, if you focus on it a lot, you think about it a lot, it grows also. And it's worse than it ever was before. If you were ever sick and you're a person that leans back on your yesterday all the time, well, it's amazing. You were, you know, you probably died six times, you know, from that ingrown toenail. It was terrible. And I'm not minimizing the fact that people do have real serious issues sometimes also. But yesterday is something that uh, cannot do anything for your faith. And your faith cannot do anything about your yesterday. And your someday really can't do anything for you either. Uh, too many times we push things off into someday. One day it's going to happen. Someday it's going to happen. Someday it's going to happen. But Jesus, we found out, activated His miracle ministry because someone got in the now. Hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It's important to get that in your, in your spirit. There are people that have been through bad marriages and bad situations like that, and they literally live in the yesterday, therefore they can never uh, be happy in the now. And they keep saying, well, someday I may get married, but you know, my situation was so bad and it was so bad. And it probably was a distressful thing or you'd still be married. But look, that was then. This is now. This is now. Some people uh, have wanted to go into business. Maybe God gives you an idea and instead of, and an unction and an anointing for it, but instead of acting on it, in the now, we think about someday we're going to do it. Tomorrow we're going to do it. But now is where faith works. Come on, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You have to act on it now. Come on, somebody shout now. It's extremely important that we are not thinkers of yesterday of the Word or thinkers about someday uh, the Word but we are doers now of the Word of God. That's what activated Jesus' miracle ministry. Some servants begin to obey God, and they begin to draw out, and the water became wine. The Scripture says that the Word of God is called the water of the Word. And when you pour the water of the Word on, and you get someone in obedience, the Spirit of God's going to begin to happen. And on the day of Pentecost, like there was approximately 120 gallons right there, there was 120 on the day of Pentecost, and their water turned into wine. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit filled them, it's very necessary that we are now people. Uh, there's no need to pass someone up uh, like this sister was talking about a moment ago. If they're sick and you have an opportunity to pray for them, uh, it's amazing. Just a small prayer. You, you, you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to act like, you know, Benny Hinn or somebody. Don't swing your coat at them. But just say, hey, you know, I really felt I should pray for you. Could I just pray for you? And occasionally somebody might say no or not now or something. But uh, nine out of ten times they're going to say sure. Because a sick person or a hurting person wants to get well. And so you pray for them right on the spot, right now. Right now. And uh, once again, you don't have to try to draw attention because God hears you right where you are, but you just take their hand and you say it with your mouth. You're releasing the kingdom of God when you're doing that. It's okay to pray internally, but there's very little in the Bible about just praying silently to yourself. There is a, a place or two, but that's about all you're going to find. The rest of the time, they open their mouth because of the power of words. And God has equipped you with kingdom words, His words in your spirit. 
And when you begin to say them and believe them for the same reason God says them and believes them, it's amazing how you can have the same results. Oh, hallelujah. And so we are doers of the Word of God and not just hearers only, and we are people who act right now. In Isaiah 43, about verse 18 or 19, the Scripture says, uh, Behold, I will do a new thing. Uh, it will spring forth suddenly. And he says, now it will spring forth suddenly. Now it will spring forth suddenly. There is a now to the Holy Ghost. There's a now to the Word of God that begins to work in your life. That's why you don't hear me talking uh, too much about moves of God yesterday. Yesterday. And you've got to be careful the older you get uh, because your yesterdays can become more important to you than your tomorrows. Your yesterday is not now nor ever more important to you than your tomorrow. Your yesterday is dear, it's precious, it's all of those things, and we all understand that, but you're still here. And you're loaded with the Holy Spirit. And you have to adjust yourself to thank God for your yesterday, either that you had it or you got delivered from it, whatever the case was, and thank God you have a tomorrow also, but you just say, God, right now, this is my best time right now. This is when the best wine, the best operation of the Holy Ghost is not when I think about it yesterday or what I hope it does tomorrow, it's what's taking place right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and let's give God the praise right there. There's a now in you that's very, very powerful. It's very necessary to act in the now. Uh, if the Spirit of the Lord gives you a direction or gives you a word in prayer, uh, there may be a timing, but you're acting on that word that God gives you, even if the word that comes from God is there's a time. Amen. But you do not need to become complacent or dependent upon thinking about yesterday or tomorrow all the time. Uh, there, there's an interesting thing, I call it, Rooftop mentality. Uh, a house is really interesting. You can, you can get inside of a house. Uh, Cindy and I built a house 25 years ago, almost 25 years ago now, uh, where we live right now. And uh, that house has a, a roof and it's got a window I can open up and climb up on the roof from inside the house. I can climb up on the roof and uh, walk all over the roof. And so it's interesting because uh, up at the top of that, the top of that roof is about at least 30 feet up there from the ground, about 30 feet. So, you know, you get up about 30 feet, you can see all over. Now, how many of you know that if I spend all day up on top of that roof every day, just looking way out there all the time, it wouldn't take you long to say, get the guys in the white coats. <laughs> Something's not right. Because I'm looking out into the future. And we have to be careful about our dream machine that God has given you called your mind. Called your mind because you have to take control of your mind and tell it what to think. Or even more than that, what not to think. And probably more important than all of that, how to think what you think. Because uh, that baby coming from home didn't come with instruction. So you have to teach your children how to think or they will just become a carbon copy of this world's plan to train you to think a certain way. That's why we try to fill ourselves with the Word of God, speak the Word of God, and believe God for the application of it in the now. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, you know, you can have a house that's got a big old roof, or you can have one that's got a big old basement. You know, a basement is an interesting place. 
Uh, I've been to a lot of houses. I don't have a basement in our house because if we dig down about six inches, it'd flood. Y'all know how the water levels are around here. But in places where they have those basements, they have these uh, basements there and you go into those basements. I've been into numerous ones in, in other states and other places. And I've never been in one personally that was really nice. I mean, you go in them and I've, you know, I watch HGTV occasionally with Cindy and they fix these houses up and down in the basement. Oh, that's so nice. And they're just beautiful down there. And they're like, oh my goodness, it's like another house underground. But the ones I've gone into were like sweating in the walls, dark and damp, had a musky smell to it. And they had stuff that they were storing down there that probably came over on the, you know, Santa Maria or something. Uh, And God only knows how long that stuff has been in those basements. But it's stuff that you got at Christmas or that you got from someone that you can't afford to throw away. So you tell them you put it in a special place. And you probably, you know, you've got dim light down there. You know, you don't have real heavy light uh, down in the uh, in that basement area. And you go in there about once every year or two. And you just kind of look in there and you tell yourself, this year I'm going to clean that basement out. But, you know, you, you generally don't. And you just kind of click that light. That's the one where you got a chain still that you pull it. And that one light comes on and you're kind of squinting to see in there. And by that time, there's some spiders. And uh, that's, why, that's where the Lacucarazzi lives, you know. And they're all in there. And, and maybe, you know, a little scorpion or something every now and then. And uh, otherwise, you just get out of there, close the door, come back out, and you go into your living room. And you're like, oh, thank God for the living room. And that's all a basement is good for. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. You go in your living room. I can go into a living room. You can come into my house and go into the living room. Not tonight, uh, because Cindy would kill me if you came over without letting me know that you were going to come over. But if someone came into the living room, you could almost tell when that house was built and you could tell a lot. There'd be a picture or two on the wall and there'll be some chairs and there'll be all of those kind of things, maybe a fireplace and stuff like that. And that's where you live. You live in that living room area and that middle area. Can I just say that your mind is very, very powerful, that you have the mind of Christ. And just like Jesus learned to train his mind, The Bible says he learned by the things he endured and he grew in favor with God and with man and he began to grow and develop. That's why Jesus said, be careful what you hear. And later on in Luke, he said, be careful how you hear because it's going to affect what you believe. And so if you're not careful, uh, you will become a person who's always looking into someday up there on the top. And have you ever been around people always talking about what they're going to do? They're going to do. They're going to do. Someday they're going to do this. We've got a vision. We're going to do this. You know, first year goes by, the first decade, the third decade, the fifth decade. And you're like, you're running out of decades here. If you're going to do it, you better do it. No, they're living on 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 the rooftop too much. Or maybe you've been around someone, and I'm sure it's not you, who always talks about their yesterday, the basement of their life. And they're always talking about all of the cockroaches. And they're talking about the dark, shadowy areas. And you don't want to get in those areas. That's why you, you put them down there and you sure don't want to go into someone else's basement. Am I, am I talking to anybody right now? Yes. Because it will kill your faith. Right. It will hurt your faith. It will hurt you in faith. That's why you need to be careful what you hear. 
and how you hear. But then in the living room area, come on, that's where you got your Bible. You got a Bible in there somewhere. Uh, you, you, you've got the temperature, uh, climate control the way you want it. Uh, it. It feels good. You've got that recliner, that couch that was just custom made for you. You know it was. And, and you're comfortable in there. And you set up a lifestyle. And before long, uh, it begins to define who you are. Can I just say that in the now, come on, say now with me one more time. I'm not talking about tomorrow. I'm not talking about yesterday. But God gives the best wine right there, right now. And that's where you begin to make your plans. That's where you act on things. That's where you do what you do. And you release anointings. And there, Jesus had a beginning of miracles when someone got in the now with him. Can I just say that anointing is on you? If God told you to do a business, unless he gave you a time, a specific time, go ahead and do what you can to act in the now. It's kind of like, it's kind of like losing weight. Now I'm really going to mess with you on it, huh? It's like losing weight. We're all going to do that. I think in my lifetime, I added it up. I think I've already lost over 400 pounds in my life. Uh, From year to year, different times. Drop 10 pounds here, add 10 pounds, drop 10 more, add 20, uh, drop 25, go up and down, kind of like a, I think I've lost at least 400 pounds in my lifetime. Uh, can I hear a 500 from anybody? And um, somebody said, I don't have trouble losing weight. I do it all the time, you know. <laughs> but we have to be wise in those areas, of course. But we have to have a starting point. You got to have a now. You got to act on it now. Your ministry of exhortation, uh, edification, comfort, praying for people, helping people. It's not something you're going to do when the, when, the, when the atmosphere gets just exactly right and everything's just right. No, just go ahead and step out on your faith. Go ahead and draw out now. Just draw out now. That's what Jesus said. And the governor of the feast said, oh my goodness, you saved the best wine till now. He said, yeah, because I told him to draw it out. And when God gives you that opportunity, just go ahead and act on it. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord this evening if you're getting a hold of this. That's a great place to give God the praise. We can act on it in the now. And this beginning of miracles, that's the next thing it says. I believe you'll see signs and wonders. You'll see miracles. You'll see the working of the Holy Ghost in your life. And I believe 2020 is going to be a year of now. Come on, stand on your feet with me tonight. Come up here and help me if you would, uh, Brother Sergio. I know that oftentimes people get baggage in their life. They do. And they say things like, one day I'm going to give my life to, to the Lord. But today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is the acceptable time uh, in the Lord. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed five minutes from now. You're only guaranteed. Come on, say it with me. That's it. You're guaranteed now. And that's where the miracle is. When you act on something according to the word of God, Jesus told them what to do. They did it. And when they did, the now power of God 
jump-started Jesus' miracle ministry because someone acted on it. What would have happened if Jesus would have told them to do that and they had not obeyed? Uh, I, I guess they would have run out of wine. They would have just had a pot of water. But He acted on what the Lord said right then. And when He did, God met that need. Maybe that neighbor that you've been thinking about that one day you're going to catch them outside. One day you're going to catch them outside. One day you're going to see them and you're going to witness to them about the Lord. You're going to invite someone to church. One day you're going to do that. Someday you're going to do it. Well, God really doesn't... He doesn't work in your tomorrow. He only works in your now brings you to your tomorrow. But your tomorrow is His past. He's already been there. And He has a plan for you today that will bring you into His plan for tomorrow. I believe the men and women of this church ought to have testimonies of the miracles of God that are taking place in your life on a regular basis. Just bringing a cup of water and activating a prophet's power and anointing in your life. Sharing in that. That reward is that gift of God that works in them. That is their reward. And the Bible says when you just give a cup of water. We saw this morning in, in Luke uh, uh, 6, God said that when you give out like that, and I'm not talking about dollars here, I'm talking about judgment, for instance. The Bible says, judge not that you be not judged in that same context right there. And then he goes on down uh, three verses later and he finishes that particular part of his teaching that day. And he said, because the same measure you meted out, it'll be measured back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. How many of you want favor? You want judgment. You want something that is good and you want it good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Then the Bible says, do not judge other people. Now be wise... There's a difference between a judge versus a fruit inspector. Jesus said, you know a tree by the fruit it bears. He said, you know it. He didn't say you go around judging, uh, being critical and judgmental and all that kind of stuff. But you do know it, and you know it, and you're strong enough to not be involved with something that is not of the Lord. Because you know it. And then every way you can to help someone get set free from anything that would cause you to be critical or judgmental, that's what we would do. And the Scripture says if we have that kind of heart, Jesus said it. He said we would have judgment that comes back to us good, favor, blessing, success, pressed down, shaken together, running over with good. Can anybody stand judgment that actually is good? Come on, huh? Wouldn't that be a blessing? That's what Jesus said. So before we go this evening, we want to do two things. We do want to receive an offering, but I want to pray with anyone tonight that says, I'm tired of looking down the road all the time because that's not coming to pass. And I'm sure not going to dwell on the success or the failure of yesterday. That's why Isaiah said that forget the former things. Do not lean to them. He didn't say get amnesia. He said do not depend on them. Can I just say this? You don't have to depend on your yesterday 
for your emotional well-being today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you don't have to do that. You say, well, pastor, you don't know about my yesterday. It is motion. I do understand that. I promise you. I can match stories with you right now. I promise you I can. Uh, But I've got good news for you. You don't have to rely on your yesterday to set the stage of your emotion today. You can be free from the pain and from the hurt. If the Lord did it for me, He'll do it for you. And then you can just visit uh, on your terms and on your conditions uh, in your yesterday for a few minutes every now and then. Am I talking to anybody right now? Instead of that keeping you trapped in the basement. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good Word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.